When did you all start playing together? We never actually have, but we've taken the stage. At the <laughs> yeah, when were you together? <laughs> <laughs> um, together? Let me explain it. You think I know where one is? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I'll take this fucking mask off. I don't know about that. Okay, so we're all going distance. We're all going down. All right, what are going we going down? Yeah, so. Uh, I'll tell you the first gig, he doesn't even remember. What is it? Because he has self protective mechanisms. Okay. We were playing. Backing up this Chanteuse, I guess you'd call him, this Cajun uh, balladeer, this guy, John Dubois, who was a was theater the guy. Game? What? That was the first one? That's the first gig you and I ever did together. But what year is this? What oh, God, this is like 80, 88, 86. But, so when did you know each other? But that wasn't the real did first. Did you grow up together? Or did you no, know? no. I mean, we. I knew of him, and then... He was doing these social gigs and stuff, and I was just barely on the scene. You know, Hank, I was studying with Hank, he studied with Hank, so I'd get these gigs, and one time I had a gig, and I think your dad was on the gig. His dad was a band leader. I stuff. think he hired you. But you were on the gig. Yeah, this first and last time he hired So your dad had a band, so you're actually from a musical family. Yeah, he's music. I mean, I can, I music runs in his family. That. I do see that. Music runs, bowels you, run. The only, the only thing that runs in my family is diarrhea. No, it's in my genes. But you didn't You didn't have musical family. My mother had something going, but... That it wasn't like their people. That no, wasn't like, you know... So are you guys the same age? He has perfect pitch. Oh, oh, no, I don't. He's... <laughs> He does. I've married a perfect bitch or two. No. Whoa! <laughs> no. Sexy shit already. Uh, oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. No, um, I, my mother was extremely musical, and I really attribute, even though my dad was a, you know, he was an architect, but he loved big band music and okay. played saxophone, amateur sax player, and, and in his later years decided to put big bands together again. And hired like the top players in town. Tony DeGrotti played a million gigs mm -hmm. with my dad's bands. And a lot of Steve Mazikowski, a lot of great players worked for my dad's band. But my dad was the band leader, not really. And he could play some, mm -hmm. but my mother played piano at home. Wow. And every night, my brother and I were inundated with gorgeous music from my mom's en wow. endless repertoire. She loved like... I didn't know Gershwin, that. Cole Porter. She played all that? Oh, yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Nelda. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Now, so, so what... Uh, and then, wait, he started building guitars and became, in his father's, he followed his father's footsteps and became a guitar architect. A guitar architect. <laughs> the bubbles begin. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, what, at what point did you start feeling, I mean, did you start working it? What, when did you start the guitar? What was the attraction of playing a guitar when you were around? Well, the first thing I really <laughs> played was piano. Okay. And I yeah. missed your joke. What was your joke? Where you? So when did you first start playing guitar? Then you said... I said, well, who feels like playing guitar when you get to be around that many horn players? You know what I mean? Well, I started out on piano and because and my mom had a piano at home always. And, and we started with little free piano lessons on TV. They had Channel 12 public television had a Wednesday night piano, half hour piano class with this woman, Jane Smizer. Huh. Wow. And Jane Smizer ended up marrying James 
James Smizer married James Bastion, who was the head of the music department at Tulane, and became James Smizer Bastion. Anyway, she had a whole bunch of books. She did very well with her teaching program. Mm -hmm. And we would watch TV, and my sister, my brother, and I would all be at the piano fighting over middle C. Everybody wanted middle C. <laughs> and Delaney, with being older and more vicious, always got middle C. Uh, so my brother and I ended up in the other registers. But we would be playing the same little piece. Did you end up in the lower register? Then would explain a have a lot. So, David, yeah, David Davis. should have, because he's the bass player. Yeah, that, that, that Channel 12 gig is sort of like the guy who did the artwork. Yes, Bob Ross. Yes, Bob Ross. Okay. One of my heroes. Yeah. I love that guy. Coco, uh -huh. my partner, who's... He a, died a billionaire, you know. Yeah. Bob Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes so I want to believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that tendency. <laughs> artist, artist dies billionaire. <laughs> it changes last name. Ed's surname. No, my partner uh, is very talented painter Coco and she she'd see me in there watching Bob Ross you know I'm like wow and she say that, that's all planned out he's nosing because it looks like oh my god he did that painting in 30 minutes she said everything he does he's already planned out ahead of time mm -hmm. but it's still amazing yeah wow what's it have to do with music I I'm didn't not know sure. Coco is an artist oh yeah yeah well you got to be an artist to live with Francis <laughs> you got to be artistic art, it's an art artistic Artistic. Guitar so back to when I met this. So back to him. Yeah, lunatic. <laughs> I, I was studying with Hank Mackey, and Hank started telling me. Of course, he's you know Steve Mazkowski rolls into the equation. That's why I decided to give up on jazz. Like, I mean, but at what point did Hank Mackey say you shouldn't go with the seventh string? I wonder what you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, Hank told me you should. Have you heard? Have you seen any of these one strings? <laughs> Uh, the G string didn't work out too well for you, um, but anyway, uh, you know I was studying with Hank for a number of years, and um, he started telling me about this guy Phil Degree. Mm. And I'll be brutally honest, he said, "This was when Phil, what was probably eighteen or something." He said, Phil, "This guy Phil Degree is doing unbelievable stuff with harmonics on the guitar." He's, he needs a little help with his timing. <laughs> but you, you got over that. You learned how to count. So, so that's pretty cold-blooded. Well, I'm still a teenager. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same right now. I'm 65. <laughs> but you, you started, haven't discovered you, second. Where is this you thing started going? way before that. Uh, I started playing my brother's guitar behind his back. Oh, so your brother played. My brother had a guitar. He okay. didn't play it, and he forbade me to play. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Stevie Ray Vaughan's famous, brother, famous song. And so he, I'd sneak it out, you know, and uh -huh. he'd take off. And okay, and my mother kind of knew, could hear things were happening. She was encouraging. Then I got my tonsils out. My brother gave me the guitar. He knew what was happening. Wait, okay. you got your tonsils out? You said? Yeah. And that's why he, he felt sorry yeah, for you. Yeah, I was like. So did you all end up on guitars for convenience because they were there or because you really but saw Everybody had a folk guitar. Right? Everyone had a folk music. It was like, like mid-60s, you know? Uh -huh. like, yes, you got you it. Know, oh, attention. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and then all of a sudden I got an attention surplus disorder. Man, and I still, love it. You still saw oh, it. Oh, yeah. Tonight. Hey, I can tell you real quick. I, like I said, I started on piano. And then in, in, in grammar school, we had a wonderful 
music teacher who would come, I think, once a week, Mr. Contos. Uh -huh. Life-changing, brilliant. We loved him. And we started with little plastic recorders in, in fourth grade, I believe. And in fifth grade, we went to real instruments, and I, I started on clarinet. Mm. I wanted to play saxophone, but my dad said, son, you know, the, the real musicians start on clarinet. You can always switch the sax, but not the other way around. Mm. Later, I found out because when you go to the upper register on clarinet, yes. it's a fifth, not an octave. Right. Saxophone's much easier. Anyway, I wanted to play sax, so I started on clarinet, but I got to training with Mr. Contos um, early on. And But then I remember when I was like eight or nine years old, my mother would watch Today's show. And I remember seeing this guy sitting there playing guitar. Mm. And I was fascinated by it. it was, Wes Montgomery. Wow. They'd have these On music. the Today Show? Yes. And then another Holy time I'm watching shit. another guy playing guitar. It's Barney Kessel. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so I was like fascinated. That was my first exposure to the guitar. And you wonder what happened. You know, it's like, gee, it started, this, this it started up, the went down. But you learned this to read what? Kessel in the 70s? No, this is Kessel in the 50s. Oh, oh the 50s. Okay. This is when he was. I was like, oh, hey, this is yeah. 58, 59. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And the Today Show would have these musical interludes, you yeah. know, and there's Wes Montgomery. And I remember really being fascinated by the guitar. Mm. And then we, and my mother's dad had a, a like early 1900s Washburn acoustic F hole. Yeah. Wow. And we inherited that which we promptly destroyed in a wrestling match. We got it repaired at Foster's <laughs> Music. But one of us, one of our bodies ended up on cracking the top of this guitar. But we still have it. And so we started fooling, my brother and I started fooling around with the guitar a little bit, but I was mainly into the, I ended up on French horn in the school band. And uh -huh. then the Beatles appear. And I'm like 13. And then that's when I said, okay, this is it. Yeah. I want anyway. And, and I think I ended up with a few more gigs on guitar than I would have got on French horn. So you, you started reading, though, when you started playing clarinet. Yeah, I was. Mr. Contos taught us all the basic right. theory. By the time I was in sixth grade, I had a hand. I understood time signatures and so that's why you're a musician. note values and what? That's why you're a musician. Because that's why I'm rich. <laughs> so you are. No, Mr. Contos changed our, our lives. I mean, I. I you know, I love the guy. And he, he, right on. Then, then when when I went to junior high, Mr. Contos was transferred to McMain, so I had him for three more years in the concert band at McMain. Uh -huh. But then the Beatles thing, that's I started gravitating towards guitar when the Beatles hit. All right. So that would have come did in you, really easy. Go ahead. Did you start McMain lining that? <laughs> no, that was when I got to Forches. So it, when you guys, <laughs> when, you, when you met... When what did you say it was about eighteen? Did you, we already. No, we did not. Did, it, it couldn't have been that early. Didn't I, that. I didn't. I didn't see Hank until probably late eighteen or, or nineteen. When I was nineteen, I'm so five I years, years older than this poor battle. So I studied old. with Hank for like two or three years. And was and, and then that's before the other star teachers that you that you studied with later on. Well, he turned me on to Ted Green and Lenny Bro okay. and Ronnie Ashton and all these yeah. guys, but. uh the first time I saw him at Tyler's, <laughs> oh, with his brother, Magazine Street was that. That was before we did our our uh, Holland. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah, way before. So, so, then, so then we didn't play then, but then we got to Jack 
Rush wanted to put us together. So we made up a name, Twin, Twin Peaks. Because it was Twin Peaks was real popular at the time, right? David Lane. And this is right when you roll in town. I remember. You and Ben, I'll never forget that night. You and Ben. They came to the Old Wolf. It was the first my first night in New Orleans. The what? First night, Ben and I drove in and we went down there because they had an open mic thing. Reverse reverse interview. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So you were at the Old Wolf. At the Old Wolf, absolutely. So Jack loved it. You know, he knew about us. That's why that's why I started getting gigs at the new place too. But you know, it was like. You know, I'm sure we can all still smell that collect that collective unique rotten beer. Oh, beyond that, the, the, the carpet and the, everything that just gathered in there. No windows, no ventilation. And oh. you know what's weird? When I was in the middle of my second or third oh. breakup, Jack was gonna let me live. I thought he was just saying third, third, say third break. <laughs> no, <laughs> I literally asked Jack and got permission. I said, Jack, look, she's kicking me out. Can I stay here for a while? He said, yes. I was going to be the Phantom of the Wolf. Wow. Oh, man. He was going to let me live there. I thought this would be great. Got my amp set up. You, right you would have gotten cancer overnight. No. Just breathing that shit. I would have gotten yeah. resistance. I just That's remember true. girls on meth playing Tetris. That's what I <laughs> <laughs> all that. That's a cartoon strip there, <laughs> man. Man. I remember my brother and I were playing one night at the Wolf, and we, we got some notoriety because we would do all, David, David got a little outdone with me because I would do these horrible songs, you know, parodies and stuff. But he'd go along with it, he had no choice, he's my younger brother. <laughs> one night, I turn around to adjust my amp and I hear a woman's voice who had walked up to the stage to make a request. Just, oh, this is funny. Just, Excuse me, may I make a request? And I was in, you know, my mode of like, I'm, everybody loves me, I can say anything I want. So I, I hear this voice and I turn around and I say, fuck you. And it's the mother of my eight-year-old guitar student. Oh, no. Mrs. Sheck Snyder. <laughs> and uh, people were laughing because I was 14 shades of red. I was groveling, kissing her shoes. I'm sorry. I thought you were... I... I Somebody who ripped me. Uh, right, you know, I had no, I had no follow up. It was just that. That was the mood out there. It was total freedom at the old wolf. Did yeah. you, uh, did you lose your student? My what? Did you lose the student? No, because <laughs> her husband was at a table. She had walked up to the side. Oh, that's 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 Andy's guitar teacher. You know, I'll go ask him to play a song. And uh, when I bombed with that idiot, idiotic outburst. I look over at the table where her husband and he's just disintegrating in hysterics. Thank God he had a sense of humor. So, so now you back, would, back to me. You, but you were playing with your brother. You were yeah. solo. But yeah, <laughs> in, the same, in the same time period, that's when we got together and okay. did our first gig. And I showed the video dubs and then interspersed it with the parody song shit. You know? Now, so you, I mean, did you all hit it off immediately on this sense of I humor so. shit? I would say so. It was like real quick, like you got the same thing. Where did this come from? I know you got, you can tell jokes pretty much. I've never seen it break down. And, you never uh, seen what? The joke thing break down with you. Meaning no. disappear? Yeah, disappear. Or the role stops. So, so, fun and funeral. You know, right. I'm wondering, you know, and that, you had to have wanted to pick that up or, or there's some part of your memory that works uh, like music. With well, I, my mother was suicidally depressed and as a 
most of my childhood I spent trying to get a, a rise out of my mother a laugh. Oh, okay. So I was prone to desperate use of humor for survival. Oh, okay. Then I met him. I was like, well, this guy does it because he's born that way. <laughs> <laughs> he can't help it. Yeah, man. So I've been following in the wake ever since. And that Tyler's me. gig, when, when you know, I, Lee was supposed to be on the gig. Mm. Queenie. She was supposed to be on the gig. She couldn't make it. So I'm doing a solo. So I did some parodies. And he got all excited. And then he gets up there and he does Four Star Mama. And I couldn't stop laughing. And then that's when we had the gig after that. We realized we were kindred spirits with sick humor. So, yeah. Well, now... now let me see here. It's not only that. The mother they, brothers. Because, <laughs> the, you know, the you got... The brothers. It's not common that you see this mixed with the, uh, the you know, the virtuoso guitar hijinks at the same time. And, uh, you know, you're wondering, uh, you know, at what point, especially, I mean, like you're running a lot of standards with alternate lyrics and all this kind of stuff and then playing stuff like that. At what point you were like, okay, that's, I can just damage these two. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times when a song a song is stuck in my head and I don't like it, especially if I don't like uh -huh. it, if it's stuck in my head, it's got to be changed. Uh -huh. You know, got to be fixed. Not it could be, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be fixed. <laughs> so I was, we can fix we, this. Oh, we, I, it's instantaneous. Yeah, I mean, all day long. Yeah. I think of a song or I hear something and it's, it's changed. Mm -hmm. Including my own songs. And also, I'll fix songs that I do like. You know, it doesn't oh, yeah. matter. But especially the ones that stick in your head that you want to get out. Right. You're going to be in my head. You're going to be. You're going to be. Scared. You're going to pay the price. You're gonna We're coming into this box. I just remember one of my. Like, you take a song that you, I really, like a song I really like, Body and Soul, that becomes Booty and Hole. Oh, all right. It's compulsive. Uh-oh. Sodomy Hole. Oh! <laughs> hey, I already had that. Oh! Song. Oh, Sodomy Hole! So, Sole Mio. <laughs> Tyler, okay. yeah. It's time to edit things right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, was, I was informed by the chat producing the show. He said, don't make, don't. Just let him fly. Don't encourage. Don't, oh, don't, don't try to. Any, just, yeah, they don't, don't, have, don't clean them. it up at all. Oh, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Oh, God. Especially after the wine. Yeah, the, the wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can't admit that we're consuming. But, uh, no, well, I'll, let me say this. Yeah. I'm gonna say something. Because <laughs> I'm here. And I am somebody. Um, I'm not, I don't even know why I get to play with him. You know? Why, why that? Because he's he plays stuff that he's on the level of Lenny Bro. I mean, he can do things nobody else can do. I'm talking about Phil Degree, who happens yeah. to be sitting here. But I've said this before. Shut the fuck up. No, as everybody on this thread we're on with Steve Vai, Steve Morse, you know, Steve, a lot of Steves. Everybody admires him because nobody can do what he does. Uh -huh. What I do, anybody can do, but I do it pretty good. I mean, I can fit into a lot of different situations. I'm, I'm an adaptable guitarist du jour. Was, what know? he's trying to say is he's a real musician. No, I'm saying I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a, an imposter. I'm a working musician. Phil probably can't do or can't, wouldn't do can't, most can't, of the gigs I've done and do. Yeah. But, but, I mean, I can do a pretty good range of stuff and do a credible job, even... Well, I don't even know who's on the band, much less the material. I can get through. Well, you're talking 
yourself down a little too far. Well, you've been, I mean, I you've, got, been, you've been pulled in as the utility guitar player by some of the greatest writers it's, that are out it's there. It's like that, you know, that Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I've been a da 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 a flunky, you know. <laughs> yeah, I play Cajun and that's great. And I know where one is. I, like I try to remember where one is. Just, just to get to the bottom of the depth of that, maybe to go around your ego a little bit. Let's discuss the fact <laughs> that you both have des designer instruments designed by yourselves. I don't know a damn other person who spends that much time modifying, not only modifying songs, but your <laughs> instruments. And the amp, the whole thing is 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 a complete it's an a complete custom job. It's so, an obsession. So, yeah, okay, but there's got there's an art form in that. There you, know, is. you can't and that you know, and since you really have a handle on that, you must really be looking for a sound all day. It's getting pretty refined by this point. He's, it's funny because on the way here, I was thinking about this thread that we're in, uh, the fact that I wanted to mention that none of my children went to college because I spent all the money on. Pedals and amps and guitars. Yeah. I'm exaggerating it. a little, but uh, <laughs> but basically, it's a search. And plus, the other thing I was trying to do was get variety out of one instrument because mm -hmm. I'm too fucking lazy to carry eight guitars to a gig. Yeah, right. You know, and I mean, there's only so far you can go, and I've learned the hard way. But I can get a lot of different sounds out of one instrument the way with some of these schemes I've come up with. Mm -hmm. Whereas Phil gets no sound out of any instrument. What's the problem? So you must I, have, I gotta say, Cranston changed my life in, in a good way. <laughs> with the pedals that he introduced me to, specifically the right. whammy pedal. Yeah. I remember when you got it. Too, yeah. Right? Well look what, what happened. Look, and then but he didn't know I was gonna plug the harp strings. <laughs> so well, but you take this shit. Right, and you got you got to find a way to kill the hum in his board. I oh well, you know there's ways. Yeah. <laughs> there's ways. It's called unplug. It sounds amazing, but I mean, there's got to be a way to get the hum out. Well, sometimes you want some hum. Yeah, well, you know, hum is good. I agree, I agree that. All right. Baby, can you hum the Star Spangled Banner? But anyway, anyway so he's you interested in what I mean, I, I Well, I can no, myself. Phil's a, a seeker, but. You know, a paint, a, kind of like a painter, because when you take all these and sounds and do like unexpected things with them, I'm trying to be able to fit in to a lot of situations that are already in existence. Yeah. I'm not like looking to do like things that have never been done before. I'm trying to be able to go from like, okay, this song is supposed to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan, good luck, you know, this one is supposed to sound like, you know, Nashville Telly. And, this one, I'm supposed to sound like a jazz guitar player to some extent. So I'm straddling, as Phil calls me, a genre straddler, which is a polite term for uh, what's the uh, uh, from, what's the what's the doing anything, gig whore, anything, gig whore. anything for money, anything for money. <laughs> but yeah, but you've written a lot of music yourself, a lot, a lot, yeah. and, and it's not all specifically. No, no, I, I write whatever. The, when I write, I write what I. Want to write. What do you want to write? So then that's that. But you played by for employment, you've been doing other things, how to fit in with other people. Well, what happened to me was the 60s. The mm. 60s were hard on me. Uh -oh. And so aside from that, yeah, we by the time I was like 20 years old, man, I, I you know, I, I've dedicated my life to the two chord jam mm. and I got no in musical employment or anything. So I started doing 
carpentry work. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing that for years, and it's fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. I don't wish that on anybody, except Phil, who helped, helped paint the Huey Long Bridge. That's oh, another yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> it was ambitious. That was easy compared to what you had to do. Oh, man. I mean, I'm lucky I'm alive. I mean, I'm climbing 30-foot ladders trying to scrape paint. It's horrible shit. So when I started, and I did get the gig with Wayne Cochran. I got to say, that was yeah. life-changing. You know, so I mean, I must have been doing something right. And I did go to UNO. I was in the jazz band at UNO and Loyola and Delgado, for that matter. And then you were with the Neville Brothers. Well, that came much later. But so I did have other things going on, but I was doing carpentry to try to stay alive. And so I, I finally, when I started getting into these, like what they call casuals, I figured, okay, I'd rather play after the loving than drop a half a gallon of paint from a 30-foot ladder mm -hmm. onto the driveway. 